Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're joining us for this podcast. Our overarching theme at this time of year is Kingdom, the Kingship of Christ, and also Remembrance, hence the red altar frontal behind me. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. But now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the second Sunday before Advent. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, 
all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. So let us turn away from sin and turn to Christ, confessing our sins in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Heavenly Father, whose blessed Son was revealed to destroy the works of the devil and to make us the children of God and heirs of eternal life, grant that we, having this hope, may purify ourselves even as he is pure, that when he shall appear in power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Zephaniah. Be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice and consecrated his guests. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who are thickening upon their lees, those who say in their hearts, The Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. Their goods shall be plundered and their houses laid waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. I will bring distress on men so that they shall walk like the blind, because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them on the day of the wrath of the Lord. In the fire of his jealous wrath all the earth shall be consumed. For a full, yea, sudden end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. This is the word of the Lord.
reading from the letter to the Thessalonians. As to the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves know well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When people say, there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as travail comes upon a woman with child, and there will be no escape. But you are not in darkness, brethren, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But, since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we wake or sleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew.
Jesus said to his disciples, the kingdom of heaven will be as when a man going on a journey called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not winnow. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I have not winnowed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the one talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Father, would you put your words upon my lips? When I was at Theological College at Oxford, at Wycliffe Hall, I used to get into the odd argument with my fellow ordinands. Not many arguments, just the occasional one. There was one absolute corker, I remember, during a, a seminar, and we were talking about ethics, I think, maybe entrepreneurship, maybe business, and I found myself in a minority of one. I was the one person maybe sticking up for the value of wealth generation for business. The consensus was that wealth, wealth generation, was somehow sordid and by its very nature exploitative. And the big focal point at the time were the banks. 
and the view was that banks were generally money grabbers, that business was a foe against the principles of Christianity itself, that what people do during the day to support themselves, their work, wasn't of interest to God particularly, and heaven forbid, if they work for a bank, that they were almost working against God's will. How would that make you feel? But I had a, a real problem with this because when I was in business and I used to run a, a brand agency, many of my clients were the big banks and I got to know them at the very top level. I got to know everything about them. It was some, I had some wonderful times working with the banks. And what I knew was that the people I worked with and the institutions of those organisations were generally very honourable, much more honourable than other institutions that weren't business, you know? Um, and I knew as well, I think, that we need to generate wealth, to use wealth wisely in order to get taxation and then to fund civil society. I'm not making a political point at all. I think it's more of a theological point, and I'll, I'll come to that later. Because this parable does pose very interesting ethical and theological questions. If we, lead, if we read it quite literally, not as a metaphor. It talks about talents and being given gifts of gold. And it's easy just to say, well, they're not real gold. They're just talking about, say, for instance, the gifts of the Spirit or something like that. But I'm going to read it differently because I think I want to read it really quite straight. And the theological question that it poses is, where is God in everyday life? Are certain activities unholy, are unclean, or does God bless human endeavour, creativity and work? And I, of course, believe in the incarnation of God, the one who was with us, took part in the ups and downs of human life, which finally brings us to the parable. The first point to note is it is rooted very much in everyday life, the everyday life of the time. It's about money and it's about investment, which would have been quite a hot topic, actually, if you were living under occupation, when it would have been very hard to protect your wealth from the Roman authorities. It features a wealthy man who is going on a journey and he entrusts his wealth his gold, to his top servants. And he gives varying amounts as he goes off. And their job, of course, is to do something with it. The servants put the money to work. Well, all except one who, who buries it in a hole in the ground. He's been given this gift and he chooses to bury it away out of fear of making a mistake. When the rich man returns, he's pleased with those who generated the wealth. Especially those who are brave and creative with it. But he is angry with the man who just buried it away. He says, why not at least get some interest on it? <laughs> a really interesting point, isn't it? You were given this gift, make the most of it. Don't be fearful. Bear some fruit which comes up so often. And remember, this is one of those parables coming right towards the end of Jesus' ministry. He's trying to get everyone ready. He's saying, come on, get ready. We're going to have a job to do. 
This parable about money is told by Jesus. Yes, the same Jesus who went to the cross, not some kind of pale Galilean hovering around thinking about theology. Jesus understood money and he, I think he reclaims the use of it. He brings it within the scope of God's care and in saying do something with wealth, I think he's also saying there's nothing wrong with commerce. It's not intrinsically less holy than anything else. It's a good message to hear in the heart of one of the greatest cities in the world. So let's dig a little bit deeper. Jesus refers all the time to issues of work. It, it's very much part of his vocabulary, the narrative that he, he uses, the stories he tells. He often uses images of building and, and builders. And there's a good reason why. Because I don't think Jesus was a carpenter. There were very few trees in that area, for one thing. The houses weren't built of wood. It wasn't really a job. Instead, he would have probably worked in what was his family's small building business. Yes, expert, but a building business nonetheless. Learning skills from his father, Joseph. And then when Joseph died, as I think he probably would have done by the time Jesus started his ministry, he couldn't have started his ministry until his father had died. It would have been one of those succession things. And Jesus would have taken this little business over probably doing contractive work on the temple that was being built. As eldest son, he would have been responsible for generating the money to feed and clothe his family. The little business may have employed people. And there was no social security, so in the occupied state, keeping that business going, running it well, dealing with the money properly, paying the bills, was tough and in many ways quite heroic. It's a very different picture of Jesus, isn't it? Jesus redeems that kind of family business. He affirms it. He affirms all the creativity and the endeavour, the hope, the imagination that goes into it. And he says, I think, that these are of God. Now, I love this parable for very personal reasons. I think I really understand it for very personal reasons. It encourages me to honour the value of work. And especially that image of Jesus running the family business, you know, not finding business somehow unclean or exploitative. My family owned, my father had a really great job at one point, he lost his job, and then they bought a little shop in Northolt. And it was a hardware shop on the high street. And I have become very struck over the years how much that little oasis was like, is like, the very best church. It's absolutely at the heart of the local economy, of the local community. Integrity is everything. You, 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 if you let people down, everyone knows. And in the shop, everyone's welcome, no one's judged. It's a place of humour. Everyone is honoured, whether you have money or not. And you get a, we used to give people a very cheery welcome and always a cup of tea. Now, I'm thinking about church and this church. It seems there's so many things in parable. The one thing is probably the tea. We didn't offer wine. I, I wish that we had. And 
generating wealth, running that business, required from my parents a kind of everyday heroism. You couldn't just not turn up if you were ill. You were there all the time and it was hard. When we got robbed, we carried on. And so in this, in this parable, Jesus, I think, is acknowledging that all we do in our day-to-day lives matters. How we deal with our wealth matters. The everyday heroism that we show matters. That we hang on in there, you know, as we work, as we, as we, as we do the things that we need to do to keep everything going. The Benedictines have this, and I, I love this saying, it's um, touched by your hand, God. The world is made holy. Nothing is beyond the scope of God. Business, wealth management, all those things are not outside the scope of holiness. They're in it. They're in it. And the way that we work in it and the way that we use it is part of our commitment to the God of love and care and creativity. God revels in this. He revels in our creativity. He revels in our work, in our day-to-day like any good father or mother. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, you sanctify your people through the power of your Holy Spirit. Keep us firm in faith and united in truth. Strengthen your church in the hope of Christ. We pray for the leaders of all your holy churches and especially today for the church in the province of Myanmar and for its Archbishop and Bishop Stephen. In our own diocese, we pray for the work and ministry of all retired clergy in the Wilsdon area. 
And we pray for the leaders of all God's holy churches, and especially Sarah, our bishop, and Alison, our rector. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, we lift your name on high and exalt you above all others. Keep those in authority from the paths of destruction and vanity. May peace and justice flourish. We ask for your blessing on our King and our government and on the leaders of the nations. We continue to pray for peace in Israel and Gaza, in Ukraine and in all areas of conflict in our world. We continue to pray also for journalists in those lands and elsewhere in the world where they are in harm's way in the course of their work. We pray for all who work for peace. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, your love draws us closer into your presence. Bless our homes and relationships, those we love and who love us. Open our hearts to embrace friend and stranger. We pray for all those who serve the vulnerable in our communities. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, be with all whose footsteps stumble and who cry out to you in their frailty. Keep and protect them under your loving gaze. We remember before you all those in our parish community in this city and around the world who are in need at this time. We pray for all who suffer in body, mind or spirit. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, as we know our Redeemer lives, hear our prayer for all who have died. Remember before you all the recently departed and those whose year's mind comes at this time. Rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. Grant us with them at the last to see you face to face. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? To crown all things there must be love, to bind all together and complete the whole. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever.
Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his commands, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself, made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him, and with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the saints whose nature is always happiness, 
Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell with him, and he in us. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, in this holy sacrament, you give substance to our hope. Bring us at the last to that fullness of life for which we long, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
Christ our King make you faithful and strong to do his will, that you may reign with him in glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.